Welcome to the new Right to 9-11 podcast. I'm Peyton Pike, and I'm a sophomore history major. This podcast was created as part of a history course at Indiana University East. This class, by the same title, explored major themes in U.S. history from the 1960s to the early 2000s. In this episode, I will cover the history and legacy of the cultural phenomenon known as the Satanic Panic. Content warning. The following audio discusses material that may be disturbing or traumatizing to some audiences. You and intense scrutiny on the activities of satanic cults. Stories of devil worship and satanic cults corrupting young minds. Unbelievable crime at the hands of satanic cults. Satanic panic is a catchy term for a mass moral panic which swept across the United States beginning in the 1980s and continuing to the present. At its core, the phenomenon is characterized by fear over secret groups of Satanists in all levels of society working to indoctrinate and harm the nation's youth. Its reach has extended to every area of pop culture, music, television and movies, books, fashion, video games, board games and card games. At its most dangerous, the satanic panic has led to accusations of ritual abuse of children being levied against all sorts of people, from daycare workers to celebrities and politicians, leading to lives, careers and reputations being destroyed. Unfortunately, this mass moral hysteria is not a thing of the past, and in many ways has ramped up in severity and relevance in the past several years. Conspiracy theories about occult groups in the upper echelons of society, such as Pizzagate and QAnon, are no longer hidden away in obscure corners of the internet, instead being openly promoted by influential celebrities and even members of Congress. Cultural paranoia has not gone away either, with all sorts of popular media still being scrutinized for hidden satanic messaging. We'll come back to the present day towards the end of this episode, but first we have to understand where the satanic panic came from and why it remains such a strong force in American culture and politics. The roots of the satanic panic are as diverse and interconnected as its consequences. Throughout history, accusing outside groups of horrific acts like cannibalism and torture has been a way to ostracize and demonize their members. During the Middle Ages, European Christians often accused Jewish people of so-called blood libel, or kidnapping and murdering Christian children to use their blood in religious rituals. The well-known witch hunts of the 16th and 17th centuries also act as a precedent for unfounded mass hysteria. In fact, some proponents of the satanic panic would refer back to these older allegations as proof of a long-standing satanic conspiracy, although there has been no evidence to substantiate any of these claims. Despite these historical precedents, a few ingredients were needed to spark a real moral panic. First came an expanded interest in cults and Satanism during the 1960s and 70s as a result of high-profile cases such as the Manson cults operation, which led to a string of murders in the summer of 1969. These made the idea of organized ritualistic killing seem not so far-fetched in the minds of Americans. Additionally, there was an increase in the popularity of the horror genre during the 1970s, with the best-selling novel The Exorcist being released in 1971, followed by a blockbuster film adaptation in 1973. The movie was centered around supernatural themes and made heavy use of religious iconography. Films like The Omen and The Amityville Horror also followed this model and were just as popular. These movies all had a profound impact on the American psyche regarding the existence of demons. For instance, the Ouija board was once seen as nothing more than a cheap parlor game, but after its appearance in The Exorcist, started to be viewed as a malevolent device which caused demonic possession and other paranormal activity. Coupled with the popularity of occultism and Satan in popular culture was a general environment of moral anxiety cultivated in the later 20th century. Already the Cold War had instigated fears of insidious communist forces working to undermine American morality. In fact, many of the techniques that characterized the moral crusade known as McCarthyism would be adopted by proponents of the satanic panic. For instance, in 1987, a popular talk show host would make the unfounded claim that it is estimated there are over one million Satanists in this country just as J. Edgar Hoover had once asserted that there was one secret communist agent for every 100 Americans. 
Moving into the 1960s, many Americans' fears of subversive moral influences were stoked by countercultural developments such as the anti-war and gay liberation movements. The cultural shifts occurring at this time led to a reactionary response in the form of the New Right, which recast political involvement as a matter of moral obligation, tying political and social issues to religion in a way unprecedented in American history. The New Right, also known as the Religious Right, adopted many of the same tactics used by left-wing movements to great effect. National organizations were created, most importantly the Moral Majority, founded by Jerry Falwell in 1979. So we can see how religion was becoming a bigger presence in the already anxious cultural and political lives of Americans, while religious themes and symbols were being exploited for horror and shock value in entertainment. Still, the idea of a national network of occultists hiding in plain sight might have seemed far-fetched. All that was needed was a kernel of truth. Coinciding with the countercultural movements of the 1960s and 70s were many spiritualist and alternative religious movements. Some of the most famous examples include Scientology and UFO religions like Heaven's Gate. During this period, Satanist groups also came into existence, most notably the Church of Satan, founded by Anton LaVey in 1966. This meant the allegations of satanic ritual abuse that were to come had a specific target they could point towards. Thus, the foundations had been laid for a nationwide moral panic. The spark that incited the satanic panic came in the form of a book called Michelle Remembers, published in 1980. Co-written by therapist Dr. Lawrence Pazder and his patient Michelle Smith, the book outlines how Smith supposedly became a victim of satanic ritual abuse as a young child. Pazder began treating Smith for depression in 1976, until one session where Smith reportedly screamed nonstop for 25 minutes, and then began speaking in the voice of a five-year-old. For the next 14 months, Pazder claims to have used hypnosis and the discredited method of recovered memory therapy to rediscover Smith's traumatic experiences with satanic cults as a child. Smith claimed that her mother Jessica had become involved with Satanism and offered her young daughter to the cult, the first ritual allegedly being attended in 1954 when Michelle was five years old. Smith claimed to have been exposed to murder and cannibalism and to have been made a victim of sexual and physical abuse. The book documents the acts in gruesome detail, with Smith claiming to have had horns and a tail surgically attached to her body, among other unspeakable horrors. Fortunately, however, during an 81-day ritual in 1955 which supposedly summoned Satan himself, Jesus, the Virgin Mary, and the Archangel Michael intervened and saved Smith, graciously removing her scars and blocking her memories until the time was right. It might be hard to believe that Michelle Remembers was taken seriously by anyone at the time, and the book's claims were thoroughly debunked through the testimony of Smith's father, siblings, and childhood friends in the same year it was published. But the book still became a nationwide success, with its claims being presented as fact in People magazine and the National Enquirer. Smith and Pazder went on a cross-country promotional tour, during which the two left their respective romantic partners and married each other. The couple would become extremely influential during the satanic panic of the 1980s, Pazder assuming the role of expert on satanic ritual abuse, a term he coined himself in 1981, and Smith becoming his poster child, even appearing on The Oprah Winfrey Show. Pazder and Smith would also play a significant role in the most well-known daycare child abuse case of the satanic panic, which occurred at the McMartin Preschool in Manhattan Beach, California. In 1983, a mother of one of the preschool students, named Judy Johnson, claimed that her son had been sexually abused by a school aide named Ray Bucky. Despite the fact that the young boy was unable to identify Ray from photos, police arrested the man after confiscating evidence from his home such as a teddy bear and Playboy magazines. However, Johnson's allegations became increasingly outlandish. 
For instance, she claimed that Ray Bucky's mother Peggy was involved in Satanism and had taken her son to a church to participate in an infant sacrifice. Still, overzealous law enforcement, wanting to believe they were on the verge of a breakthrough discovery, continued with the investigation. After almost a year of conducting interviews, it was claimed that nearly 400 children had been abused at the daycare. Skeptics immediately complained that investigators had massively overstated the scope of the crimes, and it has since been shown that the interviewing techniques used were highly suggestive and invited the children to pretend and speculate about the supposed events. For example, investigators are known to have repeated the exact same questions several times during interviews, which led to the children changing their responses as if they were looking for the correct answer to tell the interviewer. Even though most children at first denied any abuse, their answers eventually fell in line with what the interviewer was looking for, leading to extremely bizarre allegations. Some children claimed to have seen witches flying and to have traveled in a hot air balloon. In a photo lineup, one child identified actor Chuck Norris as one of the abusers. Some of the abuse was supposed to have occurred in secret tunnels beneath the school, leading to excavations which turned up remains of older buildings on the site but no hidden chambers or tunnels. In fact, no physical evidence whatsoever has ever been found to support the claims of ritual abuse, although there should have been plenty. No pornography that could be linked to the abuse that the children were describing has ever been found. There should have been little animal carcasses, there should have been bodily fluids all over the preschool. They didn't have any of that. Despite the complete lack of evidence, Ray and Peggy Bucky, among others, would be charged with 321 counts of child abuse in 1984. During the preliminary hearings, Lawrence Pazder and Michelle Smith met with the parents and children involved in the case, likely influencing the children's testimonies. The first trial resulted in the accused being acquitted of all charges, although Ray still spent more than five years in jail. He would be retried in 1990, which again resulted in a hung jury and the charges being dropped. Unfortunately, media coverage of the case was uncritical and sensationalist, and many more daycare abuse scandals would come about during the 1980s and early 1990s. For most people who lived through the satanic panic, however, these abuse scandals are not what stand out in their personal experiences. The broader effect of the hysteria has been felt in culture, as games, television, music, and other forms of entertainment were attacked for their supposed satanic influence. One of the arenas of pop culture which felt this hysteria the most was the genre of role-playing games, the most famous example of which is Dungeons & Dragons. RPG board games had grown in popularity at just the same time evangelical Christians were uniting with the Republican Party to form the New Right. The panic was incited by the disappearance of a 17-year-old University of Michigan student named James Egbert in 1979. Egbert had struggled with drug use and suicidal thoughts, but media attention was turned to the case after a private investigator linked the student's passing interest in D&D to his disappearance. The role-playing aspect of the game and its fantastical themes allowed for imaginations to run wild about its supposed hidden satanic agenda, though most of the claims were vague and unsupported. Just as with other emerging forms of entertainment, like video games, the relative obscurity of RPGs was the main factor contributing to the hysteria. A more mainstream form of entertainment would come under fire with the anti-rock movement of the 1980s. Although much of the anxiety over rock music was in line with typical parental concerns about explicit language and themes, many were also worried about more sinister satanic influences. For example, bills were proposed at the state and federal level seeking to regulate records that supposedly contained backwards messages promoting Satanism. I reverse thread the machine and I'm going to play that exact piece of tape backwards now. Okay, I live with Satan, exactly. And it, then you'll hear there's power in Satan. 
It was argued that these supposed backwards messages could be deciphered by the subconscious mind and alter the beliefs and actions of people exposed to them. These legislative attempts ultimately failed because of the lack of evidence that this is even possible, along with doubts as to whether musicians were adding backwards messaging to their songs in the first place. A controversy that would actually have legal consequences came with the hearings held by the Parents Music Resource Center, or PMRC. These hearings drew heavy media attention and attracted musicians like John Denver and Dee Snyder to testify. The issues raised by the PMRC reflected broader concerns with the rock music genre, from lyrics and album covers to music videos and live performances. These concerns, however, would be sidelined moving into the 90s, as many Americans had grown tired of anti-rock rhetoric and its heavy-handed Christian morality. Most of the discussion around Satanic Panic and all its facets seems to end abruptly with the close of the 1980s, but the idea that the mass hysteria ended overnight, or at all, is a misconception. Legal cases involving satanic ritual abuse have become far less common, but fears of a national or even global Satanist conspiracy are still influential in culture and politics, and have even spread beyond the U.S. Since 2016, a conspiracy theory known as Pizzagate, which holds that Democratic politicians are secretly trafficking children in the basement of Washington, D.C. restaurant Comet Ping Pong, has circulated online. Similar conspiracy theories about Democratic politicians engaging in satanic rituals also came about during this time. In 2017, an anonymous poster on 4chan going by the name Q claimed to have insider knowledge about a vast satanic pedophile ring involving powerful people all around the globe. Known as QAnon, the conspiracy theory promotes the idea that Donald Trump is working to fight this cabal behind the scenes. But what started as a wild claim on an internet message board has quickly developed into a movement with real political power. QAnon is openly tied to the political right and evangelical Christianity, and has been endorsed by sitting congresspeople despite its radical claims. Satanic panic has been felt in modern culture as well. In 2021, art collective Mischief and rapper Lil Nas X collaborated on a music video which involved imagery of hell and Satan, released alongside the promotional Satan Shoes series, which were custom Nike shoes that again made use of satanic imagery such as a pentagram. Pop cultural stunts like this have generated controversy and have been cited by conspiracy theorists as proof of a vast satanic conspiracy. Although the modern satanic panic hasn't led to high-profile legal battles like the McMartin trials, its effects may end up being even more detrimental in the future, considering its claims have only become more extreme and are being targeted against specific political parties and social groups. Understanding the history of where the satanic hysteria came from, how some people got caught up in it and others used it to their advantage, is thus extremely important in the political climate we find ourselves in, as it shows the real hidden agenda which motivated the panic in the first place and continues to do so today.